In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you want to be healed? Here we are, three weeks after Pascha, and we have this gospel that we encounter at this moment after Pascha every year. There's the man who's been for so many years by the pool of Bethesda, waiting to enter the waters, eagerly desiring to enter the waters. And our Lord comes to him and says, do you want to be healed? This question, of course, is for us. Because in the gospel, it seems like such an obvious answer to an unnecessary question. But the question comes to us, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And when that question comes to us, it is actually the most important question in your entire life. Nothing is more important than that one question. Our Creator, our Savior saying to us, do you want to be healed? What else is as important as our healing? When our Lord asks this, he reveals two things to us. One is that we have a part in our healing. The other is that there actually is a choice and we don't always say yes. I'd like to talk a little bit more about these two points. First, we have a part. We learn that we have a part. Why? Because God is not a dictator. He's not going to impose himself upon us, assert himself, force things to happen against our will. This is not who God is. It's not the God that we know. There are many in the world that know a God like that, and I'm saddened that they know a God like that because that is not the creator of this universe. The creator of this world is one who does not impose himself, does not force himself, is not a dictator. Father Zacharias of Essex says, out of respect for our freedom, God never does anything without our consent and collaboration. Everything is accomplished through the collaboration of two factors, the divine, which is infinitely great, and the human, which is infinitely small but absolutely necessary. He wills that all be saved. Subsequently, everything depends on how our will responds. Simply put, God wants everyone saved. He wants everyone in heaven. He wants everyone healed. He wants there to be no more sin and death. And this has always been God's desire, and this is the only thing that God is working towards. Everyone in heaven, that's what he wants. And yet, hell exists. As it says in that telling of Christ's second coming, it was created for the devil and his demons. But yes, it's also a place that we can desire to go to if we desire that. But God wants everyone in heaven. He wants every person to be healed. He wants there to be no more sin, no more death, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more suffering. So what's the piece missing? Because we're here in this world with so much suffering in our own lives and tragedy there. The piece that's missing it is our will. You see, our will doesn't always desire God's will. And so he honors that. 
He's not a dictator, and he honors our freedom and desires nothing more, nothing else, nothing from us except our love. That's all he desires. We have nothing else to offer him. We have everything that is good in us is from him, so we can't offer that back to him and say, thank you, this is me, because it's not me. It's from God. The only thing that I can offer to him is my love. And so our faith isn't ultimately about following the commandments of God. These are a means to an end, the end being love, to love and to be loved. Our Lord says, he who loves me will keep my commandments. What does that mean? Is that a threat? He who loves me will keep my commandments. Of course not. Of course not. It's a statement of truth. If a person loves God, that person will keep the commandments. You see, the commandments are just a natural part of the life of a person who is in communion with God. They just come. We just do those things naturally when we are rightly ordered, when we have placed our will into God's will. But because we're broken, the commandments seem like a long list of things that are impossible to achieve, and many of them we just kind of hate, or at least don't relish. We say, okay, now I have to do this, because the love is not there. He who loves me will keep my commandments. The commandments of God, again, are natural to us. And so you see, God is not a dictator. He demands nothing. He dictates nothing from us. He only invites us with the words that we heard today. Do you want to be healed? Then follow my commandments. Do you want to be healed? Then join me. Father Zacharias also says that God is overcome by the desire to hunt our heart. I love that phrase. To hunt our heart. He is so eager for us. And he continues, but this depends on whether we open our door. So we have a part. Our part is nothing. It's minuscule. It's nothing compared to what God does in our life. And yet it's everything. Because without that part, we can do everything against God, away from God, depart from him in all the ways that we want. So our part is so small and yet so great. So the second realization from what our Lord said, do you want to be healed, is the realization that we have a choice and that so often we don't say yes. Imagine being that man at the pool of Siloam saying, no, I don't want to be healed. It's ludicrous. It's absolute insanity. And that this is how we live our lives. Of course, yes is the answer that we think is the right answer. And yes is the answer that we should give. But we really, unfortunately, under, don't understand how sick we are. And so we say no to God. We don't know that we are leading ourselves towards death. Despite all of the things that God offers to us, we so often say to him, no thanks. So how do we say no thanks to God? He's not saying those words to us, do you want to be healed, in a voice in our heads. How is he asking us? A grumpy coworker comes up to you and rants. Do you want to be healed? A child wakes you up in the middle of the night again and again and again. Do you want to be healed? 
the traffic is horrendous and people keep cutting you off. Do you want to be healed? Fear and anxiety rack you because of your financial situation and uncertainty ahead and all of the things that are going on in the world. Do you want to be healed? You see, our Lord is asking us this question multiple times a day. Too many times to count. He's asking us, do you want to be healed? And how does he ask us? Through the things we don't like. That's the nature of it. That's the nature of it. Why is that the nature of it? Is it because God is like trying to give us hard situations? No, not at all. Because those hard situations are hard to us because we are sick. This is why they're hard to us. We know by looking at the example of the saints, external circumstances do not dictate our peace. And yet in my life, I'm sure in many of your lives, external circumstances do dictate my peace. I was peaceful until this jerk cut me off, right? <laughs> I was peaceful until my kid, for the fifth time, I said it to them, and they wouldn't do it. Everything is determined by external circumstances, and so I'm not healed. But through those, our Lord is saying what? He's saying, there's something here. There's something here in you that needs healing. It's not the guy on the road, it's not your child, it's not your coworker, it's not your spouse. You need the healing. And so our Lord asks us again and again, do you want to be healed? So often we say, no thanks. The problem is this person, this situation here, whatever else. The problem is not inside of me. I can see how wrong this person is in front of me. It's clearly not me. And so I let my anger rise, or I let my resentment rise, or my lack of forgiveness and patience. <clears throat> really, our Lord is not simply inviting us. It's not just an invitation. What he's doing is he's saying, my dear one, you are deathly sick and you are dying. That's what he's saying to us in each and every one of these situations. You are dead. You are dead, please. Let me heal you. So in that sense, yes, it's still a question. We still have our free will. But don't think that our Lord is just sort of saying, do you feel like it? Does that sound good to you? If only we could see all of this like we look at cancer. What people go through for the treatment of cancer is amazing. Absolutely amazing. They'll basically kill their bodies so that their bodies can resurrect from the cancer. They'll do everything. And when the doctor comes to them and says, this is what you need to do, it's going to be really hard. It's going to mess up the rest of your life. It's going to make things hard for all of your loved ones. And your life will feel miserable. What do the people say? Yes, I will do that. I will do that. And I will do that with strength and with gusto, with resolve. I see these ads on billboards on the freeway for different uh, medical centers talking about how we fight cancer. We fight so hard. We have the best treatment and the best doctors to fight cancer. Then we have bumper stickers on cars and ribbons everywhere saying, I survived, or I care about the people who survived. It's like they've gone into a battle. These are like veterans coming out of a battle. 
What if we treated our internal condition, our spiritual condition, in the same way? We too, right here in this room, all have deadly cancers that are inside of us. Some of us are perpetually angry. Some of us can't stop judging. Think about what the Lord said about that. If you judge, you will be judged. And yet we judge all the time. Some of us are entangled in pornography and desires of the flesh. Some of us are constantly in a state of anxiety about our financial situation. Some of us see all the horrible things going on in the world or in a constant state of fear, worry about the thing that's coming after them, the thing that's going to get them. These are all enslavements. These are all ways in which we are sick and dying. And so many more deadly cancers. They're all tumors of the soul. They're eating away at us. And untreated, they will lead to death. They will lead to death. And not just a physical death. My goodness, the way that we try to fight and hold on to this life when it's in the face of cancer. What are we doing for the eternal life? Fighting and holding on for that. The paralytic at least had his physical health minus the paralysis. We were sick in so many different ways. Look at what our Lord said to him after he healed him. He said, sin no more lest something worse befall you. So we see right there the connection between sin and all of the maladies, all of the maladies that are in all of creation. So here we all are. We're sitting at the pool of Bethesda, right here. We're not waiting for an angel, we're waiting for the Lord himself to come and bring us his flesh and his blood. But the beautiful thing is that God is so persistent that this is not the only pool of Bethesda when we're here waiting for the Holy Eucharist. The pool of Bethesda is out there every place that we go in the world. Everywhere we go, our Lord asks us once again, do you want to be healed? You're sick, you're dying, do you want to be healed? Let me be the physician of your soul. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And through this, we will attain eternal life and salvation. Let us all say with our whole soul, with our whole mind, let us say.